All right, guys, what's going on? This is Darrell Smith. All right, this is my, uh, and clearly that's Ruger, uh, moving around with the, uh, the collar. That is my dog. So this is the first episode of the Gundog Notebook, a uh, Red Clay Canine Training podcast, a podcast offshoot of my recently started uh, dog training business. And... I am a gun dog trainer, a dog trainer, a gun dog enthusiast, an artist, a sporting dog artist, illustrator. You know, I do all kinds of stuff like that. I think I'm a pretty cool person. Um, so what I want to do is, well, what I want to do with this podcast is just talk about all the things that really relate to uh, gun dog training, dog training, basic obedience, um, the sporting dog world, sporting dog artwork. Um, anything else relevant, magazines, I think it's just kind of like a big think tank for me. And if you like it, you know, tune back in. And I haven't quite figured out how often I'm going to do this because obviously it's the first podcast. So, yeah, um, I'll let you know (laughs) on the next episode for sure. I will. So with that being said... Let's let's make the most out of this. There's a few things that I want to cover. There's a couple of things that I want to cover. First of all, today. All right, let's talk about today's training. And then um, I want to cover a magazine, Cubby Rise, the June and July issue. I also want to go over my uh, training method, the one that I use. And something else that I'm actually really, really interested in doing. And something that I'm... Probably gonna, you know, put a couple of my ends towards. All right. And then talk about my dog training business, of course. You gotta know about that. I'm not as free fucking self promotion. Why would I not do that? And then, um, so a video that I saw on Facebook also that I got tagged in that I really, really, really thought was kind of cool. And then we might close it out. So, yeah. Lord, I'm kind of excited, guys. Like, freaking excited. All right, so, first of all, I uh, I need to say that today, of all days, it is, let's see, I started training, and, and this is, I, I should have known better. I really should have known better. But I went out at about 10 o'clock this morning for some dog training. I'm trying to, oh, that's my Instagram. Uh, you guys can follow my Instagram at Red Clay K9 Training. K and 9, like the letter K, the number 9. Red Clay, like Georgia Red Clay. It's, it's out here. We out here, bro. So it's currently 90 degrees outside right now. And about an hour ago, it was less than that, but steadily creeping. And I got back in from a friend's house late. That's my fault. And. I was trying to, and this is why you shouldn't rush during dog training, but I got out there and just thought that, okay, let me get back home, get everything packed up. Most of the stuff is already in the bag and, you know, go ahead before the sun really, really comes out and we hit the peak of the day. Let me just go ahead and load up the dog, take him to the park and do some, uh, some drills or whatever. We were doing some push and pull line drills, you know, getting the dog to, uh, well, I walk him out. I have a starting point. I walk him out about 15 yards uh, at heel. And 
once I get to that stopping point, I have him sit, throw the bumper out there. Bumpers, I use quail feathers on my bumpers right now. Um, as it gets close to hunting season, I kind of want to keep that drive in there. If I don't, I just use quail scent, one of the two. But feathers are cool, so your dog decides want to pick it off. So throw the bumper out there. And then I still keep the dog at sit. I walk back to my starting point with the dog where I just left him. All right. And then you call the dog to you first. Once the dog comes, heals, sits, you cast him out to go get the retrieve and come back and retrieve the hand. Well, that sounded like a really, really, really cool thing to do. And I just so had that on my agenda today. But obviously that wasn't going to work. All right. Trying to film stuff and do all of this. The filming part is actually pretty easy because I'm just kind of keeping the, the video stationary. Um, but Ruger just decided he didn't just didn't want to cooperate today. Maybe it was just the wrong time of day. Like I said, maybe it was a sign. I don't know. But Ruger just decided he's going to do 80% of the drill right and not bring it back to my hand. Well, 11 month old puppy that's fine i mean it's not fine but i'm not gonna scold him for it too much i'm just gonna you know convince him to come on back and just know that i need to to kind of reinforce those recall drills he's pretty good at recalling but ruger just has the day this fool right here sitting on the on the uh carpet right now sleep but that's fine so after two or three times, we do it, and he's kind of getting around to it, and he decides he's going to want to cooperate today, and this dude just walks up to me. He just walks up to me, and, you know, I, I, I try to make it known. I don't want to be an asshole about dog training, like, because I'm probably one of the few snobs in the world that actually cares that much and that deeply about, you know the environment and situation, things like that. Most people, they see a dog, I get it. They're just happy, want to have a conversation. A conversation starts, I get that, that's fine. But I've got the gate closed. I'm clearly occupied trying to do something. And this dude walks up to me and is just like, oh, you training your dog, doing some obedience training? Oh, yeah, me too. That's what I'm doing too. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, first of all, oh, man, 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 man. First of all, I, uh, I'm not just doing basic obedience. I'm just not. I mean, my dog is basically trained. <laughs> he is obedient. That is why I started the dog training because I, w I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't call myself a dog trainer if my dog couldn't do the basics. So no, I'm not actually working on that. Second of all, sir, who are you? And he wasn't coming over like, he wasn't coming over like to ask me a question or anything. He kind of just was interrupting and I get wanting to have a conversation, but like basic social skills. And then this dude's dog is flying a hundred miles an hour, hundred miles an hour, just going everywhere, going over, going over. And I'm just like, ah, and we, I get it. We had the park. You want to let him free, walk, walk around. But I, 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 I. I maintain the stance of keeping a mannerable dog. I just do. Um, I want my dog to have fun. I want him to run around and do this and do that and all of that. But I don't just let my dog just run up to somebody else's dog. I'm just not going to do that. 
I don't think it's I don't think it's culture. I just don't. Um, you know, I don't know what your dog is up to. I don't know anything about your dog, so on and so forth. But then, you know, he's got a pit. Dude's got a pit, which is fine. Like I used to have pit bulls or whatever, and they're they're great dogs. They're really cool. I'm I don't know. I don't want to quote percentages on like how many are actually really really friendly because you know I'll go into the argument about genetics and all kinds of stuff like that and socialization but the thing is I just don't know you and I don't know your dog and I think that's just something people should be mindful of like you never know what's going on some dogs are just not necessarily socialized to be like that but also I'm trying to get this done. So by the time Ruger sees this other dog, he's a pup. I I mean, you know, I'm I'm gonna keep his attention doing drills and stuff as best I can, but he still wants to play. I mean, he's a pup. So of course his attention is shot. I mean, just shot. And <laughs> ironically, what happened was I was filming a time lapse. And the time lapse actually caught <laughs> the whole interruption scene or whatever. You can't hear anything, obviously, but you can just see the dude just kind of walk into my training scenario. I'll post that online. Um, I'll post that online. I, I I think I'll label it like training bleakers or some, something like that, but you'll know it's what it is. It's time lapse, about 15 seconds. Um, but anywho... I uh, I lose control. I I basically lose control of my dog's attention, and so I just kind of give up on the training scenario. And then he has the nerve to ask me, "Oh man, your dog looks hot. Like, you know, you need some water for him, uh, sir." I have three bottles of water and a whole uh, you know, dog bowl right here. Like, it's out in my bag, clear as day. But also, he walks up to me and is just like, hey, baby, hey, baby, this little high-pitched voice, hey, baby, thing. And I'm like, what are you doing? I don't, and maybe somebody can can explain this to me, but why, why, do, why, why do we feel the need to do the little baby talk voice to our dogs? Like, I talk to my dog with, with, like a normal person talks to a normal person with certain inflections in voice, you know, to let him know that I'm, that he's doing something well. And my voice turn tone gets a little deeper when he does something wrong. But for the most part, it's kind of, it's, you know, no different than the conversation I'm having now. But not only that, why do you feel the need to tell me that that's what dogs like? And I'm just so thrown about that. Like, I was just so thrown. But I think what really got me was the fact that, like, it was, I mean, it was hot. I really didn't have a lot of time to train my dog. Um, I just really didn't have a lot of time. So the interruption kind of got to me. Um, but I, I say that to say, like, I, I think the lesson of the today was always end on a good note. So what we did, we just, I just came on back home and, uh, did the drills in my yard where it was it was a little more natural, a little more familiar to him. Um, and we ended up replicating the same drills and he did them 
almost flawlessly. Not flawlessly, but I would say like on a scale of one to ten, I give him a beat, like an eight, which was fine given the circumstances. Um, you know, you end with your reward, and I'm also doing some clicker training too, which is kind of cool. You got to get the timing, but all of that put together, um, it ended up okay. But I mean, man, and I, I, I just. I'm a big thing about manners in both people and dogs. And you, you just can't do that. You just can't do that. But then you see him training. So long and short, guys, just maintain control of your dogs, guys. I mean, you got to. And always, 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 always end your training, no matter what the circumstances are. You know, end on a, end on a positive note, or at least try to. So I guess the next question My next question, I guess, to, to have that. Sorry, I had to stretch. But, um, you know, does dog training always have to end on a positive note? You know, what do we think? So if anybody has any kind of thoughts or anything like that, you know, feel free to uh, send in a reply or comment or anything like that. Uh, I'm thinking that I will post it, uh, post this clip like in SoundCloud or something. And uh, go ahead and, and start up a blog and all of that. So, you know, we'll probably do that um, so you can post your comments. So, does dog training have to actually end on a positive note all the time? And I know me, I really, really encourage it for memory purposes. Like, you know, of course, anybody's going to remember a better time or want to continue to engage in a better time than, you know, if you weren't doing that. So, yeah. Um, that's my thought. I think I, you should try your best to end all of your training on a, you know, positive note. That's just me. So yeah, feel free to, uh, you know, let me know your thoughts guys. Um, all right. So what else did I have? What else did I have? Oh, in my notes, I said I needed a beer. So right now I'm drinking a red brick brewing company, uh, Hoplanta IPA. It's a 6.8. Yeah, so I, I'm probably going to... I'm a big whiskey beer drinker. I really like that, so I'm probably going to talk about that. But um, it's brewed in Atlanta, Georgia. You know, A-Town, Stay Down. You know, all of that stuff. That was probably really lame, but it's all good. I'm from Atlanta. So we say stuff like that, or at least I do. But anyway, um, I'm really liking this beer. And then I'm going to go in a second and uh, get my uh, Voodoo Ranger by uh, New Belgium. It's an Imperial IPA. Yo, that there, that has to be the best New Belgium beer I have ever had. Probably one of the best beers that I've ever had. And I left it here. I found it in my studio or whatever um, from last night. And I was just, I was just hoping, 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 hoping that it was left over. At least one, because me and my buddy stayed in here and had a good little time. Uh, you know, doing some artwork, getting some work done and stuff like that. And I'm also uh, finishing up a, uh, I just finished up a, what I feel like is a really well done, highly stylized uh, portrait of Ruger. It's called Model Americans, uh, Polished Ruger. I'll put that up too. And then, uh, matter of fact, let me remember. I forget stuff, y'all. I promise you I do. So, you know, I'm the simpleton that has to write stuff down. I'm also the simpleton that lost his pen. Is that it? 
Let's see if this is it. Ah, there we go. So, let's put a photo of both my old Americans. And then also, I need to uh, put a question. Does dog training need to end on a good note? So I'll put that up, guys. Um, I will definitely put that up and maybe, maybe even post a photo of the, the, the beards. Maybe that. Maybe so. And uh, also, I'll post that time lapse too. I'm writing it down, guys. Bloopers. Is that still cool to call it a blooper? Call it that anyway. All right, so next thing. Next thing I want to talk about. Um, I just got the newest issue of Covey Rise. I think it's the newest issue. It's a June-July issue at least. Um, I just got that. And I want to talk about the featured breed in the magazine which is a, excuse my ignorant southern vernacular. Let's see what we got. Um, it is the Brock d'Avorn. Brock d'Avorn. B-R-A-Q-U-E-S-D apostrophe A-U-V-E-R-G-N-E. If somebody knows how to say that better than I do, please let me know. Um, but Brock d'Avorn. Okay, that's what we're going to say. So, first and foremost, I want this dog. I do. It's a pointing dog, though. I, I'm used to flushers, um, or at least this flusher that I have. Is, you know, Ruger's a Labrador. Um, but this this French dog here is just the shit. Number one, I'm impressed by the photos, and I've seen it before. Um, I've definitely seen it before mentioned, and it's... A rare breed, it's not a whole lot of them here in America, but man, shout out to Covey Rise, first of all, for just, I mean, the photo, the photographer, photographer was just bomb. I'm sorry, who, who, who shot this? Story and Photography by Nancy Annisfield. Man, Nancy, <laughs> Nancy, Nancy, you and the, these dog photos, you have sold me. So I think later on, when I do ever decide, because I'm probably going to end up getting one uh, point dog. I'm This is right now number one. All right. I, I was going back and forth between a a, a Drothar a, a, or a AKA German wire haired uh, uh, pointer and or a Deutsch Drothar. I think that's how you say it. But this Brock is just phenomenal. I'm just loving it. So I think I'll read part of uh, part of some of the things that they say about it. Um, it says hailing from the Auvergne and Cantal regions of France, the Brock de Auvergne is considered one of the oldest pointers and the foundation for many subsequent 
continental European and British pointing breeds. Their history is charmed with a totally unproven legend involving Napoleon, various knights in battle, and a black and white pointer found on the island of Malta. The confidence lever, level is high, higher. How the confidence? Ugh, God, I can't talk. The confidence level is higher, however, on a determination that the breed was in existence in the, the 1700s, had its standards officially recognized in the early 1900s, almost disappeared during World War II, and then was redeveloped in the 1970s. Okay, the breed's current parent club is the Reunion des Amateurs de Brock de Auvergne in French, United Kennel Club, and the North American Versatile Hunting Dog Association, NAVDA, recognized the Brock de Auvergne, but with, small, with a small population of breeds in the United States, the AKC, American Kennel Club, does not. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, given limited rec recognition, the Brock de Auvergne has gone way of several other more unusual hunting breeds, which became show ring darlings in breeding for appearance in which breeding for parents took precedence over hunting traits. So basically, what they're saying is they haven't quite fucked their dog up yet. And by fucked it up, I mean they haven't uh, they haven't like diluted it a whole lot. It, it's not a whole lot of people trying to get the dog, which is awesome. I think that's great. I love my lab and. Uh, Melanie at Brandywine Kennels, shout out to Brandywine, um, did a phenomenal job at breeding. You know, I think I really, really got lucky. I don't want to say luck. I want to say I was blessed, okay? And um, because Ruger just, he's got to drive. He's solid. But this Brock, um, we're back on that. I, want to, I don't want to brag too much on the dog. They're not, you know, dumbing down the hunting genes, guys. They're not dumbing them down. And at some point in time, I'm going to get a dog that they have that is not necessarily known for being diluted. And I want a rare breed, man. Who, who doesn't? I want me a rare breed dog. So, and, and it would be cool to get a pointer. Um, so that's just something that I really wanted. The, it's a gorgeous dog. Um, you know, it's, it's got, his confirmation is stellar. I like the black and white with the spots. Um, You know, deep jowls, you know, big or or very very clearly defined rib cage and all kinds of stuff like that, and it just looks like a pretty dog. And dog probably does backflips and you know stands on his toes in the field. Who knows? But this, I mean, this is like this is like a gentleman's dog. Honestly, I mean, I know people say gentleman's gun dog all the time. This dog just looks regal. Just looks really regal. So. Um, the Brock Baron, right, was a highlighted dog of Cubby Rise, and I appreciate it. All right, the magazine Cubby Rise, I would get it. Um, I, I just, I need to subscribe, honestly. Um, I need to get my life together and do it because I would love to see more, Because, but I've just been buying the individual issues. Um, I found it up at uh, Ball and Buck up in uh, Boston. Ball and Buck store, and you know it was cool. I was I was thoroughly impressed, and I can't remember what Matt what issue that was that I got, but I can let you know later on. But Covey Rise, uh, June July issue. 
So that was that. And they also have some other good stuff in there. I haven't finished the rest of the magazine, but I did want to highlight that. So, you know, I'm I was I was thoroughly impressed and they just really sold me on that dog. Alright. So let's talk about Wild Rose. The Wild Rose Way. Well, I need to go check and see if my beer is cold too, because this one's getting hot. Give me a second. I'll be back. My dog's probably gonna follow me. We have success. The beer is cold. The dog is back. The man is back. We have success. So, what I want to talk about is the Wild Rose Way. All right. And what that is, is a training style that I am currently using for my dog. Okay, and I hope y'all can hear me because I just stepped away a little further away from the camera. But, so they, they produce, I like books, y'all, so I'm always going to advocate for a, you know, hardcover, or even paperback, but a hardcover book. Here's my dog. Um, so, I'm always going to advocate for a hardcover book. Why? Because it just lasts longer, and it just made me feel like I got something really, really, really something to hold. So, um, sporting dog and retriever training, the Wild Rose Way, raising a gentleman's gun dog for home and field. Um, it's a book written by Mike Stewart, and it is sponsored by Orvis. All right, and where I am actually is on page 140. Um, we are, me and Ruger, what we were trying to work on today was some push and pull. And, um, you know, some line drills and stuff like that. So that's where I'm at. Honestly, I, in terms of training a gun dog, I'm all about taking my sweet ass time. I am Ruger is 11 months right now. And I hear a lot of people, like, oh, I just threw my dog out there and I did this and I did that and he's great and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that shit's cool. But this guy, I'm going, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going to take my sweet time because at the end of the dog, at the end of the day, <laughs> the end of the dog, um, at the end of the day, I care more about developing that dog's natural ability to where when he's older, I'm not work, I'm not, you know, necessarily concerned about minor flaws, but no dog is perfect also. So they're going to make mistakes. It's just, you know, what those mistakes are and how you go about, you know, correcting them. But also... Wild Rose. So that's kind of one thing I really appreciate about Wild Rose is um, the honestly, I don't know whether it's intentional or that they say to take it slow, but the book is a slow read for me at least. And it's allowing me to slowly work through and get my dog uh, prepared. Next year, I want to put him in a hunt test. So 
I really, really, really kind of need to be on it. And days like today don't happen very often. Honestly, Ruger is really, really, really good. And he's awesome. So that's good. But Wild Rose, um, I'll, I'll kind of give you a brief introduction about that. I'm just going to read it from the, uh, the book. But... Um, Hmm, let me see. Okay, so I guess a letter, a co-author's note. Um, Paul Fearson. He says, what I discovered was a remarkable approach to dog training based on thousands of years of evolutionary canine pack behavior. The best way to get a dog to do what you wanted to do is, become, is to become the lead dog. Mike accomplishes with a look, simple hand gesture, or body position that many struggle to accomplish with electricity and force. He reads the dog and acts in such a way that the dog can read him and understand what is expected. He trains the dog so that natural instinct is a prime motivator. Yo, I I, I gotta say, I get down with that, man. I have to say I get down with that. Um, so before I got Ruger, um, before I got him, I was really looking into shot collars and this and that because I knew I was going to be training a dog and I knew like this type of gun dog training was going to be a little bit different than anything else I tried. And I tried, you know, coon dog. Uh, I had a uh, walker hound and that just, he was okay. I mean, he had the, the, the nose for it like a lot of hounds do, but I don't necessarily think he had the drive for it. This guy, Ruger, has got all the drive in the world and I just... I, Honestly, man, just hunting that late at night just wasn't okay. So I ended up having to switch it up. So knowing that, I knew that I wanted a retriever. I hunted over uh, my buddy's Chesapeake Bay retriever, uh, Razor. And that Razor is that, I mean, that's a hell of a dog right there. And it's a workhorse for a dog. And I wanted something like that. But Razor, as a Chessie, he was a little bit more, you know, Chessies are kind of a little more primal interaction so not that I couldn't have dealt with that because I could have um I just wanted something that I knew just out the gate was going to be a little bit make the experience a little bit better for me you know as, as a um as my first retriever so I went and got a lab it's a yellow lab and so what wild rose does most I mean the the I think the process works for like all breeds or any breed but it primarily focuses on British gun dogs and, you know, and they, they breed off that way and them dogs are gorgeous. But I like the training method. I really do. I, um, I've been doing it since Ruger, since I got him. He's 11 months old. I got him at like four months. And I mean, this has been my go-to book. Um, like I said, it's a slow read and there's a lot of details. There's a lot of drills in there. Um, I mean, but, and, and it takes some time. Don't be in a rush to train your dog. Just don't be in a rush. They'll get it when it's time to come. Um, you know, people often are like, oh man, oh shit, I spilled beer in the damn book. Um, a lot of the times, you know, people are like, oh man, like, you know, your dog is, you know, all nice and he's, he acts really well and stuff like that, which is crazy to me because... This nutcase here, uh, <laughs> he just, he, he does what he wants to. I have a, like a, a 
freaking theater major for a dog. Um, but most of the time, I mean, he's pretty good. He has his days. I mean, he's chilling right now. Um, so it's, it's cool. But most of that I can honestly attribute to Wild Rose. That genetics, good breeding, uh, and just a hellified training method. What I'm also um, really interested in looking into is um, Cornerstone Gundog Academy. I'm, I'm looking into them. And I'm a trainer. I get that. I'm, yes, I'm a dog trainer, but I, I'm, I'm having to learn two and three times as much just to make myself a better trainer. And the only way for me to do that is to always be researching and involving my uh, methods and stuff like that. But Wild Rose, I, they got an A for me. I mean, it's a good, and, and Mike, seeing them in the video, they've got video content, they've got an app, they've got all kinds of stuff. And just looking at everything, everything is very solid. They have a, um, they have like a newsletter that comes out every so often. They've got all kinds of stuff like that. And I'm just really with it. Um, they stay up to date. They have little seminars and stuff like that. And one day I'm going to take them out there. And hell, one day I may get me a damn British lab. One day. I've got all these, like, lab ambitions and kennel ambitions and stuff like that, right? So, um, I need to get my life together. <laughs> if I want all these dogs. That's like the second or third dog I've said in one episode. In this first episode. This is the first ever episode I've ever done. But, <laughs> God, I got to get my life together. All right, um, and I'm a teacher too, man. Like I'm, ah, I'm not supposed to be doing all of this, but Wild Rose Way, guys, I'm with it. It works. It works like a charm. Um, they're also, um, you know, part of Ducks Unlimited, which you should join. Um, those guys are really cool. Great dogs. Great labs. Great hunting. Um, and they, I mean, bro, they keep the ducks flying. They do all the con conservation. Why would you not? Um, why would, why would you not join Ducks Unlimited? And then they send you free stuff. Like they send you all kinds of cool stuff. I got these, uh, it's just made me feel like a boss. Um, I got these, these letterheads, not letterheads, uh, these little stickers for, for envelopes, for letters, the ones that go in the return address to your address. They got ducks and Labradors on them. Like that's cool to me. It just made me feel so much more official. But then also, um, also I just the the clay shoot, the annual clay shoot down here in the in the chapter that I'm a part of was great. Um, just watching the documentary and how it even got started is really, really, really inspiring. And I think I'm gonna actually post that on my uh, my page too. Let's see, du documentary, y'all. I'm. I'm all about content. I'm all about content. And it's on YouTube. It's an easy little link. Um, so, and then Cornerstone Gundog Academy. I like them too. I haven't necessarily um, all the way committed to buying their program because I just, I, I need a little bit more time and I kind of want to do a little bit more research. But thus far, I'm with it. Love their Instagram page. I love Southern Oak Kennels and what they're doing. Um, they're honestly really inspiring to me. I mean, they're very inspiring. Like, I want to do what these guys are doing. Um, Wild Rose, 
I mean, yeah, I, 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 I want to be the guy that sells a $12,000 dog. I just do. I'm sorry, I do. I know that probably sounds arrogant, and anybody that's listening that is like, oh my God, you know, man, who wants to buy a $12,000 dog? Well, I want to sell a $12,000 dog because, for, you know, I want to give you a dog, not for the money, but I want to give you a dog that I'm putting that price on there because it's worth it. The dog is amazing in the house. The dog is amazing in the field. It's worth it. You can spend money on cars. You can spend $60,000, $70,000 on a car. You can spend $100,000, $200,000 on a car. You can spend twelve, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 on a gun, on a shotgun, which I do want to. Um, the next shotgun I want is a uh, Beretta 690 Field 3. So I'm going to wait. It's going to be a couple of years before I get that. So... Unless I hit the lottery and something happens like real quickly, but um, so I'm doing that, and I want to I want to make good dogs, man. Like I really, really, really want to make good dogs. I want to better the breed. So that's kind of where I am with that, man. And and to better the breed, you're gonna need good training. You're gonna need good genetics. You're gonna need all of that. Um, and you're gonna need red clay canine training. You're gonna need it. I am like so super advertising, but I mean, why would you not? So that's pretty much where I am, man. Like go get the book. Um, I spent, I bought it from Wild Rose, um, but you can get the book. I think you can get it at Gundog Supply. I think you can get it. At, I know it's at Books A Million. I, I was surprised to see the Books A Million. Not that I should be, but it was there. It was kind of cool. Um, and... You know, you can also get it, I think you can get it at Barnes & Noble, where they sell books, but I mean, wildrosetradingcompany.com, uklabs.com, all of that, and then Cornerstone Gundog Academy, you can either Google it or you can type in just cornerstonegundogacademy.com. That's where I get my training and my my expertise, you know, and I'm always trying to do that. I'm, I'm working on my uh, certification as well for dog training, but gundog training is a bit different, okay? Um, it's a bit different, and you need your basic obedience done already and you can do it in tandem or you can do your basic obedience first i did my basic obedience first um because it just made my life a lot easier and there were i mean i had a couple struggles with ruger but for the most part my training methods my i like positive reinforcement um i'm good to give you food i'm i'm just with that i got a hungry dog i feed him like you know, at this point, I mean, he ain't, he's definitely not underweight or anything like that. He's definitely very healthy, very athletic, got a very, a damn good confirmation. I will say that. I will definitely say that. But, and he's an American lab, not, but, hold on, before I say that, he's an American Labrador. While these guys are out here trying to do British labs, that's the only difference between me. I, I really, really love this American. There's nothing wrong with British labs. I just like the size of American. When you say American, like, I'm going to big. Got some size, got a chest on him, you know? Um, and you'll see it in painting. So, I say all of that to say, look up the Wild Rose Way. Look up Cornerstone, Dog, uh, Cornerstone Gun Dog Academy. And see what those guys are about. I mean, if you don't use my training services, if you don't want, that's totally fine. I mean, it's not fine for me as far as business, but I mean, you, everybody has their choices. 
but I will put other people on and say that these guys are how I learn. I really appreciate that. You know, Barton Ramsey, Mike Stewart, those guys really, really, really seem to know what they're doing. So, you know, maybe one day I'll get a chance to talk to them. That's kind of cool. Um, you know, and then I, what I like about Cornerstone is they're in the South, man. It's tough raising labs out in the South. <laughs> it's hot. It's about 90 degrees outside right now. And if if not more at this point in time, it's about 90 degrees. So, you know, you got to get up in the morning. Hence, it's probably what I should have done anyway instead, instead of being a lazy ass and, you know, drinking all night last night. Um, so, yeah. All right. Now, this is uh, something else I wanted to talk about. So, there was this video that I saw. Where's my speaker, guys? My bad. So, there was a video that I saw, um, you know, on Facebook that I got tagged in. Hold on. Let me pull it up. I'll play it for you guys. And uh, I'll post it, of course. I definitely want to post it, but I'll, I'll play like a piece of it because... It touched my heart. I'm one of them. I, I try not to be a, a simp about stuff, but man, sometimes you got to call it, you know, give credit where credit is due. All right. Let me see. 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 Taylor Sky. There we go. All right. So let me rewind it. All right. So it was by Tony Vandemore. All right. And. The caption says, if you've ever loved a dog, this is for you. It may be the story of Ruff, but there won't be a dog owner who can't relate to the love and loss we experience with our sidekicks in the field. Thank you to everyone who has been a part of our story. Even just by following along, here's to Ruff and yours. Uh, hashtag Ruff, hashtag UA Hunt. That's Under Armour Hunt. All right, so I'm going to play a piece of it. I hope y'all can hear it. You know, my first dog... That was really mine. Once I Damn it. It's an unknown. It's so annoying. All right. We're going again. That was really mine. Once I got out on my own was uh, my old dog, Ruff. You know, you always hear the old saying, you only get one good dog in a lifetime. And I pray to God it's not true because he, he was it. That was the one. So that was the first minute of the video. Um, I highly encourage you to watch it. Um, I'll post it, so on and so forth. I will I will do all of that. But, um, yeah, so let's talk about that. Um, that video there touched my heart. Rough. Um, I, I, I wish I could have met the dog. You know, hell, Tony, I wish I could have met him too. But... 
gosh, man, notifications. Um, I, I, I'm just, I was thoroughly impressed with the video. Um, the dog, I mean, to, to have that kind of connection with these guys is just unbeatable. You know, the, the only thing that I can say, the only connection I've had better than this dog is my future wife, my wife-to-be, um, Ashley. I, I, that's about the only thing that I've said is better in terms of closeness. So that there just showed me, you know, that like I want to have that memorable experience. You know, they say that, you know, you only get like one or two dogs um, in your lifetime that really, really, really are are like the one. I mean, you just really have that connection. And I feel like that about Ruger, like I do. Um, he's knucklehead at times, but he does what I need him to do. Um, I'm all about, I, I, I'm not into building machines. If I wanted to build a machine, I would have went to be a mechanic, an engineer, um, hell, anything like that. I'm into building quality dogs. I'm into training quality dogs. But I'm also into allowing that dog to be its own uh, individual. That's what I'm not trying to do. What I'm not going to do is have a dog that does work for me. Um, with no expectate, with no drive. Like, who wants to do that? Hell, I, half the time, I don't want to do certain things in life that require me to do work. Sometimes I just don't want to do them. I do them anyway because they're necessary. You got to do what you do. You got to do what you got to do to do what you want to do. I get that. But with my dog, like, I don't, I don't believe in feeling that way. You know, if it's a good day, that's a good day. If it's a bad day, Let's try to let's try to end on a good note, but just call it, you know, count your losses. Sometimes you just need to give him a break. But a dog, I mean, that man had that dog work for him his entire life. And at the end, basically, it was like, you know, he took the dog out before he was going to pass away. Took the dog out or whatever for one last hunt. The dog got up and retrieved the bird, like, anyway. It took everything it had, but, I mean, it did what it did. And, and these guys, I mean, think about how often... People that are close to you asked you to do something, you were, and you found a reason. It was like, ah, I got something to do. Come on, let's like let's let's not lie and say we've done we haven't done that before. Somebody really close to you asked you to do them a favor, and you just conveniently had some other shit to do. That's fine. That's fine. If you if you've never done that, I'll drink to this and do my little Kermit sip tea thing. Well, Durrell is sipping his beer to that statement. So, yeah. Um, matter of fact, one more time. <laughs> that was stupid. Anyway, so I, what I appreciate about that is the fact that that video reminds me exactly why my dog is sitting up under my feet, upside down, looking at me crazy and acting like he is not trying to nip at the bottom of my stool that I'm sitting on. He's trying to act like that. But I love him to death, guys. Like, it doesn't matter what type of dog you have, but I promise you, if you ever get a gun dog, if you ever get a gun dog, this shit here, like I said, like Kat, when you said, this shit here, <laughs> 
bro, you ain't, you ain't felt nothing about it. You have never felt anything like what it feels like to hunt over your gun dog. Ruger's first season was awesome. I mean, awesome. Quail, I got the first video of it. May even show that too. No, it's, that's on my YouTube page too. You got to look at my YouTube and stuff like that. But, and it's just red clay canine training. You know, on YouTube, you can look it up. You'll find it. Go on my channel. But just to have that, guys, like, there's nothing more special. But even further, a dog's purpose. Because not everybody has a gun dog. I get that part. I get it. But everybody that does have a dog has the potential to have their best friend and best companion. And if you don't know whether or not you got your best companion, you can go to my services too. We we At Red Clay, we do that too. Companion consultant is exactly what it's called. But the point is, like, the greater thing that I will say about dogs, this is exactly why I do everything that I do, why I enjoy going to work, because it, it, it gives me the space and the time to do stuff like this. Make, make artwork about the dogs that make our lives and the, and, and, and the things that they do, but also, um, you know, when I'm out there training, every day is a good day because I'm out there doing it. Ruger's out there doing it, even if it's a bad day. Now, I'm not going to lie and say that there are not days that I've wanted to cuss this dog out. But you know what? Another thing, trainer tip, don't lose your shit in front of your dog. They're not going to lose their shit. You're going to be the only one looking crazy. And this is coming from somebody that has a very short temper. But just don't lose your shit in front of your dog. And, and, and reconfigure your methods. Sometimes what you're doing just is not working. Just not. And I think I'm pretty good. I'm new, but I think I'm pretty good. And for whatever reason, you just got to figure out, <laughs> you know, how to make it work. So, you know, I, I say all of that to say, guys, um, you know, <laughs> I say all of it to say love your dog. And I, and, and I say love your dog because my dog is clearly scratching his collar, um, scratching at his collar. So let's end on this because I, I got about nine, ten minutes left. Um, Project Upland. Project Upland. That is amazing. Okay. Um, this was the trailer. It's called All About the Dogs that I really, really enjoyed. I'm going to play this as a conclusion. Um, I hope the guys at Gundog Confidential are okay with me doing this. But I just, I have to do this. Uh, Rick Afuso. Um, he, he's got American Britney's and that, that's pretty dog too, but let's, how about we end on this note? Um, however long it is or whatever, that's about, a, I think it's about a minute, but we can end on this note. I will, uh, do my little wrap up and all of that stuff, guys. But if you've, uh, you know, if you've tuned in and you liked it, follow me again. Like let's, let's make this a thing guys.
I like talking dogs. I like talking gun dogs. And sometimes I feel like my wife, soon to be wife, um, <laughs> she is so supportive. She is very supportive. And she's the one that put a little fire up under my ass about, um, you know, doing my dog thing. So I need to give her a shout out also, of course, um, Adobe Okoro for also really, really helping me out and setting me up. And um, a few other people, quite a few other people, but, um, you know, we'll get there in time. But I mean, I just named two people that really, really have kind of really helped me jumpstart this. All right. So with that being said, let's go ahead and uh, end with the All About Dogs official trailer and teaser from Project Upland. part of getting a dog a pup uh, they don't train themselves they don't speak english they can't count they have to be conditioned to repetition and overlay and all the dogs have the capability you just need an individual who can learn and really wants to apply it you've got to set your goals high with these dogs because they can give more than most of us think. I can't get enough of it right now. It truly is my passion. All right, guys, that was that was great. Um, this is my passion, too. I hope it's your passion. And if it's not your passion, I hope you're just interested. Um, but two things to end on as far as, you know, this, this gun dog thing, guys. Two things to end on. Number one, three things. Number one, wait on your dog because clearly he's got to interrupt. Um, okay, there we go. Number two, so three things to end on. Wait on your dog is number one. Take your time. Take your time. There's no rush. You're not doing anything but hurting yourself in the end. Okay, number two. Um, number two, um, you know, they're going to give you everything that they got. So set your, set your standards high. Set them high. Set your standards high. I guess I should write these down for myself, but you should set your standards high. They're going to, if you, if you have a high bar for your dog, and I mean like a reasonably high bar, reasonably high bar, don't expect, you know, Ruger, stop, um, set your standards high, guys. Don't expect a kindergartner to go to college, though. Just don't. And also, my third thing, um, end on a good day as best as you can. Like, end well. And whatever that means to you, like, you know, that's cool. But also, ending well does not necessarily mean ending with perfection. It just means that you have something to work with. And if ending with perfection is where you're at, then end with perfection. But don't think that you have a perfect dog when the dog just started. So I hope you guys, you know, enjoyed this. Um, 
you know, for now, I think I'm going to keep doing this. Um, I may end up doing one next week. I may. And I say I may because I may end up doing one sooner. It just kind of depends. Um, I'm kind of sporadic like that. But like I said, I'm Darrell Smith. Um, this is the Gun Dog Notebook, a Red Clay Canine Training Podcast. And uh, I will post it on social media where to find this this podcast and blog. My social media is uh, Red Clay Canine Training. And uh, that's all stuff. That's YouTube, that's Instagram, that's Facebook. You know, you can find it there. We are also distributors for uh, Jeffers Pet Supply. So check us out there if you want to get um, real quality supplies. Uh, if you are... If you care anything about your dog, go through us. That's the only thing you want to do. Go through us. Red Clay Canine Training. All right. So that's the Gun Dog Notebook, guys. I'm closing up, closing the book. Y'all have a great one. Bye.